0: Oh, great to be with you this morning. I'm excited we're starting a brand new series today on the Holy Spirit. Uh, an introduction. Of course as Christians we believe in one God who has revealed himself in three persons. Help me out. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good, good. You got that one. We have come to know the Father and the love of the Father uh, he is the Lord God Almighty. We believe in Jesus Christ, the Son, the precious blood. He shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. We believe that he has, is risen from the dead. We celebrated that last week at Easter. But who is this Holy Spirit? And how does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? As a... Uh, you know, as one of the members of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is probably the least familiar among Christians. I remember when I first became a, a brand new believer in Jesus, I was attending a church and the leadership of this church uh, had a passion for the glory of God. Praise God. They uh, preached faith in Jesus Christ and the gospel. But when it came to the Holy Spirit, I kind of avoided that topic. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Our church was preaching through 1 Corinthians, We're going verse by verse, week by week, month by month, started in verse 1 of chapter 1, worked our way up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And those of you who know your Bible know that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Well, the pastor of the church at that time, rather than um, talking about the Holy Spirit, just ended the series right there. And uh, next week, we moved on to a new topic, and that was it. It was like, what happened to the Holy Spirit? Friends, we cannot skip the Holy Spirit. He is way too important for our lives. There are far too many scriptures about the Holy Spirit in the Bible for us to just skip the Holy Spirit. I like this analogy from Craig Keener in the book Gift and Giver, the Holy Spirit for today. He He shares this analogy, imagine visiting a town at night that appears to have no lights, no televisions, not even alarm clocks, or uh, to update it for today, no no devices charging, iPhones, iPads, all that. Then imagine learning that the town's power supply is virtually infinite, but that no one in the town had thought to turn any of their electrical appliances on. Wouldn't that seem like a silly place to you? I think that kind of would. Yet the church is all too often like that town. God has given us the power of his spirit to fulfill his mission in the world. Yet few Christians have even begun to depend on his power. Wow. As a young Christian, as I began to follow Jesus, I found myself in a church where uh, I began to meet other Christians who actually had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They had come to understand His reality, the breadth of His work, His power and His presence. And it was an amazing experience for me to learn from them why I needed the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in the life of a believer in Jesus. In fact, you may remember... What Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, 7, you remember he said, it's to your advantage if I go away. It's better. Why? Because Jesus said, if I go, the Holy Spirit will come. He will be with you and he will be in you. Rest assured, the Holy Spirit has come. He is here. He is with us. He is working in our lives and in this church. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, there is a radical power available to you today that can transform your life. You can be released from that fear. You can be set free from that anxiety. The Bible tells us God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power. God can empower you through the Holy Spirit with a supernatural love that will transform your home, your marriage, your family, your relationships. Oh, we've seen churches come alive with fresh fire, and fresh boldness as they awaken to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit among us. Amen and praise God. Yet so many Christians are simply unaware of the astonishing difference that the Holy Spirit can make in our life. In this series, we will introduce you to the often neglected third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and we begin today by looking at the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, and we want to trace this promise through the big God story, through Scripture, uh, beginning in the Old Testament, and then coming to Jesus, and ultimately looking at how the Holy Spirit comes to us. We can receive His presence and power, really is amazing when you think about it. We'll have lots of Bible verses this morning. So buckle up, get ready, have your sword ready. Anybody remember sword drills? Okay? For all the church folk. We will look at a lot of scripture verses, but uh, our anchor point is Mark chapter 1. And uh, this is how the New Testament opens up. We've got John the Baptist coming onto the scene. He's uh, preparing the way for the coming of Jesus, announcing his arrival. And not only telling us that Jesus is coming, but saying through Jesus, the Holy Spirit will also come. He will also be poured out. This really is an exciting scripture and an exciting moment in the big God story. Let's, let's check this out. Listen to this. Mark 1, verses 4 through 11. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair. Sounds a little itchy. With a leather belt around his waist, he ate locusts and wild honey. I've heard of the Daniel fast, but I've never met anybody that was on the John the Baptist fast. Uh, coming in 2024, I'm sure, uh, with wild honey. Uh, You've got to have the honey. And this was his message, after me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love with you, I am well pleased. It's a dramatic moment and it's uh, what we'll be looking at today as we talk about the promise. Holy Spirit, let's take a moment and open our time in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for moments like this, where we open up your word. And we are inspired by the many blessings you've given us. We thank you for a church family. We thank you for for opportunities to worship you in song and then to learn from your word. But we know it's not by might or by power, but by your spirit so would you work in our hearts this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So how does the Holy Spirit come to us? Well, let's go back to the very beginning of the story, even into the Old Testament. See, the Old Testament promises the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit isn't new In the New Testament, there's some new things. Certainly we'll see that. But even the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is active and the Holy Spirit is promised. Listen again to the announcement of John the Baptist. Mark chapter 1, verse 8. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So when John says that, so one's coming who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit, that's not... The first time they've ever heard about the Holy Spirit. And they've been hearing the stories for those who have been studying God's Word. They know of this Holy Spirit. And here's John on the scene saying, He is coming. One who is coming will baptize with the Holy Spirit. It was an exciting moment. It was a, a, uh, it was a thrilling moment because they knew who the Holy Spirit was. The Old Testament actually has a rich record of the activity of the Holy Spirit. Let me just take a look at a few examples here. Where does the Holy Spirit first show up? In verse two of the Bible. Verse two, Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And oh, verse two. There's the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters, bringing forth creation. This is just the beginning. The wisdom of Joseph or Daniel is attributed in Scripture to the power of the Holy Spirit. Artistic skill and creativity Any creative people in the room today? Writers, artists, craftsmen? Well, we see in Scripture artistic skill and creativity coming from the gift of the Holy Spirit. Interesting. In Judges, Gideon is afraid. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, he finds the courage to fight. The Spirit rushed upon Samson... He tears a lion apart with his bare hands. That's called beast mode. Right? The Holy Spirit rushes upon him. He receives extraordinary strength. The prophets, the Old Testament prophets, under the influence of the Spirit, write our scriptures and speak boldly for the Lord. The prophet Samuel told Saul, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will be changed into a different person. Ah! That's awesome. Holy Spirit. When John says, one's coming, he's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit, everyone's like, sweet. Because they'd read the stories. When the Holy Spirit shows up, big things happen. New things happen. God is at work. His kingdom is advancing. Yes! But in the Old Testament, not only was the Holy Spirit active, but the Old Testament makes a promise. It says one day the Holy Spirit won't just be for them It'll be for everyone. It will be for me and for you. The Old Testament promises the Holy Spirit. It points forward to an even greater outpouring. Look at these scriptures. Numbers eleven twenty nine. 29. Moses expresses his desires that all believers would have the Holy Spirit. He says, would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put His Spirit on them. Ezekiel 37, 14, speaking of the new covenant, God gives Ezekiel this prophetic word, I will put My Spirit in you. Isaiah looks ahead to a day when God will pour out His Spirit. Isaiah 32, 14. For the palace is forsaken, the populous city deserted, until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. Likewise, the prophet Joel in his famous prophecy shares that God promises an even greater and coming outpouring of the Spirit of God. Joel 2, 28 and 29. Joel says afterward, this is God speaking through Joel, excuse me, afterward I will pour out my Spirit on, help me out, all, all people Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my Spirit on those days. Wow. The Old Testament promises an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And there's an excitement here. God will pour out his Spirit not on just those special few, but on everyone. On you and me, our sons and daughters, old men, right? on all people. How does God plan to do this? Well, as Isaiah predicts and John the Baptist recognized, it will be through the Anointed One, the one who comes in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that brings us from the Old Testament to Jesus. Jesus came to give us the Holy Spirit. It's one of the reasons He came. Oh yeah, we know of the wonderful reason Jesus came to shed His blood so that our sins would be forgiven. That was a powerful beginning of Everything God wanted to do in our life by sending his Holy Spirit. When Jesus comes, John wants us to know he comes in power. We read in verse 7, this was John's message. After me comes one more powerful than I. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And at this moment, uh, as John is by the Jordan, he's preaching, he's decked out in his Camel's hair, he's popping locusts like candy. All the attention's on John. Right? John is like, whoa, if you check this guy, John, like he's dunking people in the river. Like, people are going like, what? who's this John guy? But John turns the attention to one who will come after him. And John begins to say, hey, don't look at me. I'm just. I'm not the guy. I'm just the front man. I I need to decrease. He needs to increase because one is coming after me who is more powerful than I. His baptism will be an even greater baptism. Many of us in this room today have been baptized in the water. What an experience that is. If you haven't, we do baptisms every summer at our church picnic first Sunday of August, I hope you'll get water baptized because baptism is a powerful symbol. that Our old life was buried in Jesus. We've risen up to a new life in Christ. But we need to recognize that water baptism is an outward symbol. But Holy Spirit baptism is an inward transformation. There is one coming more powerful than John and his baptism will be an even greater baptism. Who is this spirit baptizer? Well, it doesn't take long to figure it out. Jesus comes to John. John baptizes Jesus. We read what happened. Verse 10, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. Vision is clear. Jesus is the one who bears the Holy Spirit and he is also the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to give us the Holy Spirit. Many of us in this room are parents and grandparents and we love to give gifts to our children and our grandchildren. Maybe you've had this experience on a birthday or Christmas morning and a child is opening up a gift tears open the paper, gets the toy out, and you see this little label, battery's not included. Isn't that a disappointment? (laughs) What a terrible moment. Right? My child has this amazing toy in their hand. They're ready to play with it, but, oh, didn't include the power. What good is a toy without the power? As we follow Jesus it's not like that being with Jesus always comes power included he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit what does that mean baptism in the Holy Spirit it means that Jesus immerses people in the Spirit we read in John chapter 3 that Jesus gives the Spirit without measure that just means there's no limit to what the presence and power of the Holy Spirit can do in your life. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? Well, we only need to turn to Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives the gift of the Spirit. Jesus is the one who died on the cross so we could be forgiven. And he gives us the the free gift of salvation. I love this verse in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How do we receive a new life with God? We receive it, just like any gift. We trust in Jesus Christ. But our story doesn't end there, does it? Jesus has another gift for us. And of course, in the story, Jesus rises from the dead, and he begins to appear to his disciples. And on one occasion he comes to his disciples and you remember what he says he says wait wait this is Acts 1 4 Jesus says this is the risen Jesus paid the price for our sins speaking to his disciples he says do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised promised Holy Spirit which you have heard me speak about and he quotes right we've read similar language For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is telling them in just a few days, just like what was promised, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now these first believers had no idea what to expect. And so they did what Jesus said. They waited. Well, the day of Pentecost came. And suddenly, just like Jesus said, the Holy Spirit was poured out. They heard a mighty rushing wind. They saw tongues of fire appear and rest on each person. And the Bible says each one was filled with the Holy Spirit. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then going outside, they began declaring the wonders of God boldly, miraculously, even speaking in other tongues, other languages, and everybody hearing, they were kind of baffled by the whole thing. So Peter stands up full of the Holy Spirit, and he begins telling them about Jesus and how they can be saved. It's awesome. we got to read Acts 2. And then everybody's cut to the heart. They're saying, what must we do to be saved? And this is what Peter says, Acts 2.38. Peter replies, repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. Wow! The promise is for you. The Holy Spirit has been poured out you might hear someone say oh we need another Pentecost wouldn't that be awesome or another one to experience Pentecost and I would say no we don't we're good we don't need another Pentecost anymore than we need to, Jesus to die on a cross again for our sins. The same Holy Spirit that was poured out on the day of Pentecost is available for every believer in Jesus today. And it's for you and your children and all whom the Lord will call. Wow. Jesus came to give the Holy Spirit as promised By the Old Testament. How do we receive it? Right here. Through faith in Jesus. We receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches the moment you put your faith in, trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came into your life. You received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm even going to argue just a little bit this morning that you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Now there are, full transparency here, two views on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the one I'm advocating today is that when you believe in Jesus, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now some people will say that in addition to receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit at salvation, that there is another experience of the Holy Spirit available for the believer in jesus which they call the baptism of the holy spirit so this is a a fresh experience of the holy spirit that often they would say would be manifested in speaking in tongues things like that but it is an experience after conversion now Is this teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit something essential to our salvation? No. No. We call these the open hand. There's open hand issues and closed hand. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, whether it's at salvation or subsequent experience, second blessing, we can disagree but not divide. Now, do we receive the Holy Spirit? At conversion, absolutely. Everybody agrees with that. But I want to argue today, my personal belief, and we can study this, is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place the moment you believe. Why do you think that? Because I don't believe that when we trusted in Jesus, we got a tiny Holy Spirit. We got the Holy Spirit in full. And part of the life of a believer in Jesus is learning how to walk in the fullness of that Holy Spirit there are greater experiences of the holy spirit i absolutely am convinced of that it's something the bible calls the filling of the holy spirit and we're going to talk about that in this series but for now notice this if you want to put up the next slide the baptism of the holy spirit that phrase occurs only 7 times in the new testament four times are in the four gospels and we read one of them they're all pretty much the same john baptized with water but well, one's coming who will baptize in the Holy Spirit. There's four. Two are in Acts. We just read one of those. Right about the promise coming of the Holy Spirit. And there's only one left. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. Check this out. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen says, For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. What doesn't it say? It doesn't say... Some were baptized by the Holy Spirit because they had a special experience. I don't read that, but it does say all were baptized by the Holy Spirit to form one body. When did we become a part of the body of Christ? Help me out. The moment we believed. So I believe if you believe in Jesus, you have received the full gift of the Holy Spirit. Now in the Old Testament before Pentecost, Some of you know this, the Holy Spirit would come on people for a moment, like Samson. And he says it rushed on him. He tore the lion to pieces with his bare hands. That's crazy. And then the Holy Spirit would depart. And it says the Holy Spirit departed from Saul. So before Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is kind of like the wind, comes on somebody, you know, leaves somebody. But after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has come and has come to stay. And has come for good. Let me show you this amazing verse. Ephesians 1.13 says, You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal. What was that seal? The promised Holy Spirit. The moment you believed in Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit It goes on to say who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession that's either the day we die or the day Jesus comes from the moment you trust in Christ till the moment you are with Jesus you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit that is an awesome awesome promise the Spirit never leaves for the believer in Jesus. He is there. He is with you. And it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, what you've done in the past. The moment you trusted in Jesus, you, your sins were forgiven and you received the full dose of the Holy Spirit. Through faith in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. So what does this mean for me and for you as we come to the end here? Uh, our, our family was in Pipersville, Yesterday, that in itself is a whole story. By the way, it's a very beautiful area. There's, uh, what's that state park? Uh, Ralph, Ralph Stover? Yeah, Ralph Stover. Ralph Stover, so we're driving around and we saw Ralph Stover State Park and there's this great river and all kinds of fishermen fishing in the river and we thought it would be fun just to pull over Get, get out of the car, get into nature, and enjoy the river as a family. Anytime my kids are around water, like a river or a lake, their favorite thing to do is to throw rocks in the river. You know, the, the fishermen love that, I'm sure. But we had to take a break to throw some rocks in the river. And it's fun. My daughter's trying to skip rocks, and that was cool. And then my son Hudson, who's six, is trying to find the biggest rock he can carry and chuck it into the river. And there's a the fisherman there and there, and we were embarrassed, but it was fun. You know, like Hudson, he was carrying a heavy weight. And you may be here today, and there may be a weight that you're carrying in your life. It could be a bad medical report. Maybe you have children who have made bad choices, or they're, they've fallen away from the Lord, or maybe it's just sometimes it's our own anxiety About life there's a great story of a child like Hudson who was carrying or trying to pick up this heavy rock and uh, the story goes one day a little boy was trying to pick up a rock he said dad it's too heavy dad said son you can do it the boy grunts and strains he said dad it's too heavy the father insisted son you can do it boy tried again dad it's too heavy dad said son You're not using all your strength. That's a good dad right there. Throw some dirt on it, you know. Put your legs into it. And the son said, Dad, I am, I am. It's too heavy. Son, the father said, you're not using all of your strength. The boy said, Dad, why are you continually saying I'm not using all my strength? It's too heavy. The father said, I know you're not using all of your strength. Because you haven't asked me to help you yet. You are stronger than you know because of who is with you. He is your helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your comforter, your counselor, your advocate. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, He's the spirit of glory. The fullness of joy the oil of gladness he is a holy spirit and according to Romans eight eleven, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you you have no idea how strong you are the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit this is just the beginning of discovering the significance of of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. I'm excited to study it with you. But the most important thing I want you to know today is that if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, you have received the promised Holy Spirit. And what a helper he is. What a a powerful force in our life is this Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your plan of redemption when we were far from you when we were lost when we were uh, when we were involved in things we know weren't didn't please you god you called us you rescued us you saved us you sent your son jesus and he went to a cross he shed his blood so that all of our failures past present and future might be completely washed away forgiven You've thrown our sins into the depths of the sea they are gone no more your love endures forever thank you that you didn't leave us alone we feel tired but we feel weak we're afraid things we're facing in life that are hard to understand, yet you are here, you are with us, and we are not alone, we are not afraid. Would you make us aware in this moment that the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon our lives. Take us from here in the strength that only you can supply. So when we are weak, you would be strong and you would get all of the glory and the honor and the praise. Love you, God. Thank you for your good gifts. Thank you for the fellowship with one another and with your Holy Spirit. We are excited to go from this place and to see you do things we could never imagine because you are with us.